friends, it's Alicia Todd here with Scott French at Love Street Studios. You're listening to From Little Things, a podcast meant to keep us connected to some of our most loved and most talented Gold Coast musicians. This is our second episode in the mini-series, and we're glad you're here because today we are giving our good friend Bobby Alu a call. We have lots of stories today, so without further ado, I present to you Bobby Alu. Hello. <laughs> Any requests? There is this new thing. If you close your eyes and you can three times, you're in where you've been. All this time looking for a remedy to change your life. Keep on knocking, waiting for the right time. When am I ready to strike? Light it up All I'm looking for is a way to the other side A way to the other side A way to the other side Faster and get onto the top. What you got? Get a bit closer and you might find out it's not what I want. Then I think I did. I get stuck in this awful place. Hit me up. I was just hoping to get to the other side. Get to the other side. Get to the other side Get to the other side Oh, I'm lucky, yo-yo Going from the get-go I wanna see, give it to me Keep it in the flow I'm a reject if I don't make it Just a little bit all over the place I really wanna smooth it out Everything is simplified I really can't help it that all I want to do is try to get to the other side Get to the other side All I'm looking for is a way to the other side Way to the other side, yeah Way to the other side In his house. <laughs> hey. How's it going? I'm oh, good. How Got you? your tea. This is the way. This is the way of the future. This is so bizarre and amazing and awesome at the same time. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll never know. We yeah. don't need to know. <laughs> you don't even know what we're wearing. So, <laughs> Apart from your shirt because yeah. today is Oz Music T-shirt day. Represent. Represent. Have you got yours on? Yeah, what I shirt do. are you wearing today? I'm wearing a TBG shirt. Oh, beautiful, beautiful girls. Beautiful girls. <laughs> so lovely. So what's uh, what's your daily life looking like? What's you been doing? Man, I tell you what, I'm actually loving this. I really, <laughs> really enjoying it. It is it is the best. It is literally the best. Uh, so my day is I wake up um, when my eyes open, not when the alarm goes off. And uh, I usually go to the beach um, with Nina and then we go and feed the horse that she's looking after and then after that I come home and I do two hours of making music, whatever it is. Mm. And then, uh, you know, have some food, I do some gardening, catch up on a few things and then I might have a nap, watch a series, <laughs> do some more music and, uh, and then watch the sunset and, yeah, repeat. I don't know, it's just been great. I've just, I didn't know. Podcasts. Yeah, do podcasts, do random, <laughs> random things like this. But um, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying the – I didn't know I needed this much time off, you know. It's like a forced yeah. kind of like be still yeah. and stay still. So, yeah, I didn't know how much yeah. I was going to enjoy it. 
You've been touring nonstop for how many years? I don't know. Ever? Forever? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Do you know it's where? Good. Do you know where you would have been right now if you were, were you on tour? Yeah, I was meant to be supporting the Whalers um, oh. this week. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know who? Who were they? But yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. You know, I actually. Oh, just quietly, I'm kind of pumped. I was talking to an artist friend uh, recently and they just said that to them it felt like there was a massive pressure relief, you know. It was just like there's no, yeah. just this kind of pressure that they put on themselves to do this and to do that and to perform and to, and like, I didn't even realise. I was like, you know what, you're completely right. You know, I put so much, we all put so much pressure on ourselves to do all this stuff and uh, it's good to not. Yep. When you work for yourself, you just never give yourself a holiday. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. When, when you have your two hours creative time, is that uh, completely just open? You, you're writing songs for a project or you're just, just doing whatever? It's mainly whatever. You know, I've got a couple of, I'm doing a couple of collabs at the moment, which is, you know, also something new for me. And yeah, I, I, you know, I might put a little bit of time into that. But at the moment, I'm just kind of getting off and just seeing what, happens and like you know I'm actually going through some of my old iPhone notes you know like um random and like I haven't been through them in years and so it's been really fun like I literally get up scroll through pick one and then I'm like what is even going on there and then just kind of put something down and yeah I just kind of set the goal that I'd do it with no pressure or no kind of end game you know insight just yeah every day and so I've done that now since how long have we been doing this? couple of weeks three weeks yeah oh, yeah so Feels I've been like doing that months. for that yeah I'm doing that so yeah this month that was my thing I was like just do that every day and then yeah. I'll go through them maybe and yeah who knows in a couple of weeks you're gonna have two more albums un- unintentionally of course no expectations man how much music <laughs> is there gonna be out it's just gonna be chockers when <laughs> in a couple of months there's gonna be so many tunes it's gonna be like oh my gosh <laughs> All right. Well, in light of um, From Little Things, this podcast, let's let's start back at the beginning when you're a little tacker. Mm. How did music come into your life? Uh, who inspired you? Sure. Uh, well, for me, uh, I don't think, actually looking back, I didn't really have a choice. Um, you know, I felt like music was there all the time and it was through my mum. So, yeah, mum being Samoan. Um, she, like music is part of their way of life. You know, they sing for breakfast, they sing at lunch, mm. they sing for everything and, um, you know, they have beautiful voices and it's, it's such a great environment because, you know, like there's all these people start singing and they're all essentially folk songs so everyone knows them and they're all three-chord bangers as well so it's pretty easy to, <laughs> to follow. And, uh, and so, you know, they'll, they'll start singing and then people just jump in the harmonies. And if there's not enough, like, males to do the low bass, then a couple of, couple of the girls will be like, oh, I'll do it, and they just go and fill <laughs> that space. So, you know, like, that was this environment that I grew up in, Polynesian music. So I kind of didn't have a choice, I think, and, you know, it's sort of, <laughs> it just kind of rubbed off and, you know, it's something that I can't really shake, I guess. I, I like the style and it's a bit of my, I, well, it is my identity. So um, that's kind of yep. where it, you know, that's the source really. And it's beautiful that you've been bringing it more and more into your live show with your mum dancing and other dancers as well. I've been seeing lots of videos of your tours. Yeah, it's been cool. You know, I think... Um, it's, yeah, it's something that, you know, when I was growing up, I sort of didn't really know what it meant or what to do with it, you know, like I, and I wasn't, I guess I was a bit scared of it too, wasn't really, didn't know how to be proud of it and it's taken a bit of time to sort of be like, you know, this is me and I'm really proud that I'm, you know, half as well because, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not neither Samoan nor Australian, like there was this kind of a long time of being in the middle. So, um, you know, I think when I really started to embrace it and started to embrace that it was part of my story, then I felt fine with it being like my own version, you know, like a, not a watered down version. It's just, it's just like an expression of the culture. And, uh, you know, I think as soon as that, um, that sort of penny dropped and I really started to wear it you know, more than, yeah, I guess this this stuff came in and it really, 
you know, do, do more traditional songs with my mum and, yeah, get her to dance. And there's lots of different Samoans that are popping up all around the world when I travel. And it's really funny. There's lots that had similar stories to me, not just Samoans, but Polynesians and, and you know, multicultural people. They, um, you know, we share this kind of um, in the middle sort of attitude and, um, you know, living, which is pretty awesome, I reckon. It's beautiful. Do you have any memories of any tours around where you've met someone you've never met before but just through culture and they oh, brought man. you in? Or Every time now. It's, it's actually, I egg it on, you know, I wait for it. Um, the first time it happened I was in, um, so on, when I play drums, I, there's this, um, I put on my drum kit this uh, log drum which is called a parter and it's just this, like it's a piece of hollowed out wood and it's pretty common around the Pacific Islands. And uh, so, you know, I, I started putting that on my kit and as soon as I started doing that, then people were kind of like, oh, that's that dude who plays that weird log thing. You know, like it kind of, I don't think I was, a, you know, I'm not really, you know, that good at drums. It's just that there's something, when you can have something different, I think, or that's something that's you, that's authentic, then, you know, sometimes you stand out or it just offers something a bit different. And, um, you know, so I started putting this log drum on my drums and, um, man, it's so funny, like, Polynesians can hear that thing from ages away. So <laughs> basically I was in, I was busking with Oka in um, America um, and in a place called Redmond. It was in California. It was like a desert kind of town. There wasn't, you know, we were just passing through and we saw there was a festival, like a community festival and so we stopped the van and that's what we do. We just stop the van and then start busking. And um and so, you know, we're busking and I'm playing this drum and then this guy just walks out and he's just like, he's just like looking at me and he's like, what, what's going on? Because the other thing is like I am the skinniest Samoan on earth so people were like, kind of, <laughs> they get a bit confused sometimes. They're like, what, what is going on? I can, hear, I can hear these rhythms. I can hear these poly rhythms but what is this, what is happening here? And then, uh, yeah, it turns out his name was Joe and he was a Samoan guy and he lived in this community by himself with his family and he basically just heard it, the drum in his house and he, and he walked a few blocks and found it <laughs> and then, uh, and then he, he brought with him another one, right, and he gave it to me. He said, he goes, oh. Oh, I don't know how to play but I've had this in my house and, you know, I've never seen oh, Samoans come through so he gave me this, this log drum, you know, it's, it's amazing. These connections and, um, yeah, and, and they happen a bit now. Every so often, um, you know, there's, that's one of the, the many stories that keep sort of popping up. Oh, so mm. beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, you, so you're, you are a great drummer. And <laughs> so do, do you think your musical career started with you as a drummer then? Yeah, definitely. Playing for other people? Yep, for sure. Um, you know, I was hungry. I was frothing for it. Um, so... When, you know, growing up on the Gold Coast, as you guys know, there's, there's only a few gigs around. And um, so I just like, I was like safety in numbers. I was in about, I think I was in 12 bands at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was gonna ask, Scotty knows gonna, about that. <laughs> I was going to ask you to lift, list a few, but we, we didn't have enough time. <laughs> For, sure. Half For sure. For sure. You know, I love the, um, I just love the community as well. You know, like it's. It's just something about the music community when you share the same, you know, um, love. It's um, it rubs off, you know. Like it, um, yeah. It just it's just a great thing to share, you know. It kind of for me, I get biased, you know. Like I, I kind of, you know, there's there's bands that play this type of music, and I might not be into the type of music a bit, but then when I get to know them and I know that they're on their journey, same as me, I kind of. I get to love them and I'm sort of just like, man, I'm, I'm so pumped on, on what you do because, because of you and because of your journey. So, yeah, that was kind of what I was more about and, you know, drums was my, was my go-to and percussion actually. I started as a percussionist and, um, and then, yeah, that's kind of was my inroad to, um, to lots of different bands and, um, you know, I think it actually was good for me to learn to work on the fly um, and just sit in with bands and do and, and listen and feel it out um, because that's kind of the stuff that I've used, you know, to or now. I use it every day still. Yeah, totally. In your recordings, your your music is so drum heavy, percussion so, heavy. Yeah, sorry, sorry. not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you make me want to groove. <laughs> 
So then how did you transition from drummer to Bobby Alu? What was that mm. phase in your life and how did the songs come, the very first songs? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, yeah, it was interesting. Like it took a bit of a while, um, you know, because I was drumming so much. But I'd also play, you know, ukulele and um, singing is a whole just a whole other energy about it. You know, it's pretty chill. It's like it's just something different and that's something that I needed, you know, and I kind of, I explored that, you know, by myself basically um, because I didn't want to show anyone how scary. I couldn't think of anything more scary. <laughs> and um, Very vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I was just playing songs and, and writing them and, and also I got into this uni degree which had a 24-hour um, a studio, so basically your assessment was you had to record and you know what it's like trying to recruit people and get musicians it's a it's a mission and I loved collab but like trying to get people just to rock up to a session so I was just like man I'll just do this all myself and so yeah I basically lived about 10 minutes away from the uni so basically literally every waking hour I had I'd go into the studio and make songs and record them all all the instruments try things out realize they suck or they're good and then <laughs> Try again. And, yeah, basically three years I just recorded and recorded and recorded. And at the end of that, and this wasn't with the idea of, like, I was going to be in a band and make songs and everything, you know, like it was just for fun. I loved to do it. And, and yeah, and then next minute after uni <laughs> finished, I just kind of was like, let's, yeah, I might have a go at this. And, um, yeah, I submitted, I used those recordings, my uni assignments, and that's the first Bobby Alu album and, yeah, I was actually, I didn't know what to call it and a couple of, one of the rappers in my old band called the Grassroots Street Orchestra, one of the first bands yeah. I was in, um, Surya, he used to call me Bobby Alu. So, uh, yeah, that um, that's basically wrote it on a CD and that's pretty much how it started and boom, here we are. Oh, yeah. So where did Bobby Alu come from? Well, my middle name is Robert Faang Alu. Yep. And, you know, Surya is an amazing lyricist rapper and so, yeah, they just kind of twist and turn things and, yeah, so that's kind of where the nickname Bobby... And I think it was a, maybe a drunk alter ego, actually. Who knows? <laughs> still is. Yeah, still is. <laughs> <laughs> Charles is the tea sipper. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> so then when did... Um, your partnership with Paulie B, a Mr. Paulie B, come about. Yeah. Because you guys have been playing for how long together now? Well, since then, really. Since So I guess it's um, – we actually met playing in an African drumming band called Spank and Hide. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was like in West End and probably like the mid-2000s. So, yeah, we've been playing together for about 10 years, I guess. Yeah. Wow. But it feels, it feels long and short, you know, um, and I love that about people in your life, musical, you know, family. They're just, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to share that with, with other people for sure. And um, so, yeah, I, Paulie was one of the first people I showed the album and um, or just the collection of songs and, you know, he was really, he actually mastered it and, um, yeah, he was real supportive and he was a cool dude and we'd never toured together he, you know, he's touring with other bands and I'm touring with Ochre at the time. And so we're like, let's just make a band so we can tour together <laughs> and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, the first two people that were into it and were really good friends of mine, but they were both bass players. So I was like, oh, how am I going to do this? And uh, so, yeah, I just got, and then I was like, actually, what, how cool would it be to make a band of two drummers and two bass players? I'm like, then at least, you know, it'll be groovy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I did that. No. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> so, yeah, the band was um, Grant Garethy. He played drums. He just moved from Sydney to um, Byron and me and then the two bass players. <laughs> Constantly. Stu Barry. Stu Barry. Stu Barry and Paulie Barry. B. So, yeah it, was, um, yeah, it was fun. And, you know, for me, like, it, was, it started slow and it was part-time and I kind of eased into it, you know, like it was... I had this thing where um, I would just do tours from January to um, 
March, that was my touring time, and then nothing for, for the rest of the year, unless it was like a festival or something. But because um, then that's when I tour with Oka and I do all my other stuff. So it was kind of good to have this cycle, this 12 month cycle, that I have a break in between. And, you know, I'd go for grants and just kind of get some money behind me and just take the pressure off a bit by like not having to try to do everything all the time, you know? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, your new album, Flow, well, all of your albums, all your music is so rhythm-based. Uh, and I was wondering, with your new album, have you? is it all inspired by Polynesian rhythms or...? Mm, good question. Were there...? Um, you know what? It's kind of like... These days I'm sort of just, I think I've gotten lazy and rather than sort of trying to, for so long I think I was like going, oh, I'm going to do this this pattern and this rhythm and I've learnt so many of these little, you know, African rhythms and Latino rhythms and Polynesian rhythms and stuff and now I kind of just let it happen, you know, let sort of whatever naturally kind of comes out. And so, yeah, I guess there there's a lots of different flavours in there and um, I think I just kind of pick from... You know, I'm a mongrel myself, so I just sort of <laughs> I just kind of pick from all these different um, sounds and things that inspire me. You know, I'm sort of like, why is that so rad? You know, why is what's happening in this music? And then I sort of try and replicate it and use different attributes. So, for instance, like one of the tunes on the new album, Move, um, it's got like you know the bassline is pretty sort of roots Jamaica reggae kind of style like it's sort of based upon that um and the drums as well you know you could it could be a reggae tune but then there's like a some of the percussion in it I just when I was writing that song I just spent um a month playing uh drums in Ghana so there's this kind of African you know cruisy influence um in there but then also I thought this is cool sound I really love which is the Tahitian ukulele which is kind of like a mandolin but they play it really fast and that's in there as well and that kind of gives it this sort of like happy island vibey kind of thing so yeah it's it's there's lots of different sort of aspects and um it's really interesting it's like you know I'm pretty proud that people still think it sounds islander and they feel that because I never really intended that but I know that that's just kind of something that you know it's like me and naps I just love naps I can't shake them so and that's (laughs) that's a Polynesian vibe and I think it's the same you know we've all got these things in us that will come out anyway you know, and rather than try and hide it, just let it rain. Let it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Ghana. Oh, well, man, it's amazing. Um, what brought you to Ghana? Well, Ghanaian music, just my interest in my, like I heard a couple of songs and they were like, yeah, I was just like, what is going on here? Like I'm really into African rhythms and West Africa is a pretty amazing area for that. Like it's just pumping. Yeah. With with hectic rhythms and hectic drummers, and um, I was you know listening through, getting to know a bit more. And so there's Guinea, and um, which is really very fast, very athletic, um, and the same with with some other surrounding countries like Burkina Faso, and um, it's another one there, Mali. But then Ghana's super cruisy. Like there's this like, and a lot of their stuff's major. And it's similar to, you know, some Polynesian music and it just kind of got me. Like it just, you know, I like music that moves me and that's kind of, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but if, if there's something that's happening inside of me, then I'm inspired by it. And that was with the Ghanaian music, like the way they sing and their, their rhythms are so groovy, but it's just at ease. It's just like no thing. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I was like, I got interested in it and I researched it and got to, yeah, talk to different contacts and stuff and then next minute I'm like literally WhatsApp texting with a guy in Ghana um, and he's like this master drummer and he does classes and stuff and I'm like yeah I'm coming over so he organized me a place to stay and I had four teachers and basically I went to Ghana and um, and like when I arrived I was like what am I doing right now this is ridiculous (laughs) and um, like they picked me up in a pulsar and uh, and there was like music <laughs> blaring, and they had their phones out, they're like filming everything. And then we like got out of the city, and it just got turned to like crazy dirt road, dirt tracks. And I was just like, "Am I gonna die?" Like I was like, "What <laughs> have I done?" Like I just was all of a sudden the reality hit me, and I'm going, "I'm an idiot." 
And um, and then they took me straight to the market and I'm like in this food market oh, and everyone's staring amazing. at me and I've got like the <laughs> the ATM, I got some cash out and the ATM, like I only got out like $50 but they only had small notes and like the, I had, my pockets were bulging and I'm like <laughs> on high alert, just arrived in this like third world country and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And um, and yeah, so it was now pretty play. hectic start. Yeah, and then and then literally they'd pound me for eight hours a day. They would like, <laughs> it was it wasn't so romantic. Like I look back on it now and I'm like, man, I had the best time. But there were days where I'm like, you know, My hands are they'd, so sore. Yeah. Oh no, they show me these rhythms. Yeah, hands, hand percussion. Oh. it's kind of like the drum I learned. It's called a pan logo, which is like a um a conga basically. And it's it's smooth of sound. It's it's a vibe. I'm I'm, I'm so into it, but. Yeah, and, uh, you know, but I didn't go there to become a professional palm logo player. I just kind of wanted that experience and, um, oh, man, they'd, like, play this rhythm and then they'd show me it and they'd be like, all right, you play. And then I'd play, I'd try it out and I'd stuff it up and they'd all just, like, hang their heads down and they'd be like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And they're like, <laughs> and all the words I said, they'd just be like, just listen. And they're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Get out of your head. Like, they'd be like, relax your mind. Feel it. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you guys are out of control. (laughs) You're too tense, Bobby. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally. Totally. But, man, it was beautiful. And to to see them, you know, that's some of the best drummers I've ever seen. And they live in this bloody village and their approach to music is, like, is all feeling and it's all just, like, Mm. you know, they're completely present. They're not thinking about what's going on in the future or whatever. It's just like they're just there and it and it shows. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> that That's a good answer to that question. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I was there. I'm, I'm answer. answering long. I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's exactly what we want to know. Can you, tell I'm in, can you tell I'm in ISO and just haven't spoken to humans? Maybe, yeah. maybe that's a good segue for another song then. Oh, cool. Would you? Yeah, what would you like to play for us? Um, well, I could do, I'll do that move song while I'm there.
of a sudden you're in the rhythm of this day Of this day, of this day I'm walking to the rhythm of this day Keep tapping, you can't stop clapping Cause you're in the rhythm of this day Of this day, of this day I'm walking to the rhythm of this day Of this day, of this day I'm walking to the rhythm of this day Of this day, of this day I'm walking to the rhythm of this day Of this day, of this day I'm walking to the rhythm of this day Ladies and gentlemen, that is Bobby Alu with Move. <laughs> we had to you. mute our microphone so we could sing along without yeah. putting you off. <laughs> Damn it, you should have. You should have because it would have been like late. Two seconds yes. too late. <laughs> I'm like, man, these guys, are, these guys are putting some real stank on this. <laughs> Actually, we were listening to that over Zoom, obviously, and uh, there was a time when it Wigged out and it started going, you move to the rhythm of this day. That's awesome. Remix. I like it. <laughs> Messing with your rhythm. So, do you miss being on stage? Uh, no. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, moving right along. <laughs> no, don't All right, right, we'd no. love to talk about your touring. You've done so much touring. We'd love to know. I yep. don't know. We'd love to know the transition of like being a going from playing with your band, mm. the the big wholesome sound with all the harmonies to to touring, say, with John Butler in Europe as a solo solo player, and how that feels and what that life is like. Yeah, good question. Um, well, I think uh, for me, it's definitely changed. You know, when I first started playing, I was like, I'm never playing alone. You know, yeah. I was sort of like I was. I had these parameters, and you know, like I think you really do live in the box that you set. You know, um, so yeah, I just kind of set up this box where I don't ever want to play alone, and and so I didn't. And then I always played with a band because I loved that band setup, and I think honestly I was probably just a bit scared to be up there by myself. Um, but to, and and it's something that I know so well, jamming and and collaborating and kind of feeding off other people on stage. And so, you know, like it was, yeah, it was something that surprised me because, um, and it was, you know, it took a while. I didn't just kind of like one day be like, all right, I'm going to change to solo and and do it. It just kind of happened gradually. And, you know, that started by radio interviews and stuff like that where they'd be like, can we hear a song? And then I'd just play ukulele and sing mm. and, and then kind of get that, you know, that confidence or that sort of feeling that, you know, it's nice and it's good. And, and the other thing is meeting other people, other artists. You know, like I spent five years of my life touring with Xavier Rudd, who's predominantly a one-man band. You know, he started in that world. And, um, you know, touring with him, I really got that um, perspective. You know, he we had lots of chats and, and um, you know, he, t- he told me a lot about being on the road alone and how lonely it is. But then it's also there's there's other wins to it too. It's It's liberating to be able to do you and to um to kind of do what you want (laughs) you know like that's a pretty cool feeling and so I guess similar to you know lots of people ask me like what do you prefer drums or ukulele you know and I just think that for me I'm like well that's a terrible question (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like I I love them both you know and I can't actually I need that they're different and they both serve me differently. And so, totally. Like you said before, there's you are a different person, like on stage when you've played a set on drums, your whole face changes, your body oh, changes. Oh, the drumming like, face, yes. Yeah, it's, it's you have true. this Bobby Alu spirit animal coming out. The old spizzer, spizzer <laughs> Uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. And I don't, it's not like I try that to do that. You know, I just think it's, you know, exactly. everyone's got like, you know, Scotty's got, He's got a bass face, which is different to his drumming face, which is different to his, his singing face, and it's different to his guitar <laughs> totally. solo face. There's no like, I'm like, they're all different dudes. They yep, all rule. Exactly. Different <laughs> feeling. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's for me. And, and you know, that's the same with this solo. Um, you know, one thing that I, I kind of learned being in this industry is it's really great to be flexible, you know, and sometimes 
you know, if you made yourself a box, like if I kind of stuck to this, I'm only ever playing with a band, then there'd be lots of opportunities that I would be really into that I'd lose or I'd miss out on. So I guess I didn't want to miss out on experiencing the, this musical life. And so, yeah, it just kind of happened by, I think the first time it happened, my first ever show, like a solo show was at the Maui Arts Centre in Hawaii supporting Xavier Rudd because the support didn't set up, didn't turn up. <laughs> Accidentally. Or something like that happened where it was just like, I think I got three shows. They're like, oh, man, like we were in Hawaii and, you know, performing with Xavier and they're like, oh, we don't have a support. And then they were just like, oh, well, you could do it. And I was like, I could do it. So I literally, <laughs> I hired a scooter for $40 and then um, I drove... Um, and I'm like, Hawaii, Maui, I'm like, yeah, man, it's kind of village style. I had no idea, I'd never been there. Anyway, it's like it's America. Huge. It's huge. It's gigantic. So I bought this bloody scooter and, and the, um, the, the ukulele store that I, that I kind of clocked onto, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good 20 minute drive and had to go on the freeway. And so there's this like <sighs> six lane freeway and there's me on this tiny scooter, like on the freeway. And I'm sort of like, am I meant to be doing this? And I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and so I, um, yeah, I, I go to the, I buy this this new uke and then um, put it on my. I had to buy a case because I had no way of carrying it either. And then yeah, drove back to the hotel and then yeah, I did the gig and solo. I was just like half an hour and um, I uh, I think we were there for a few days. So like I express posted some CDs, but I think with the postage, I probably didn't really make any money. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it doesn't matter. And then, yeah, that kind of started it. So that opened up that world for me. And um, I was like, okay, cool. So, yeah, every so often, you know, I managed to do a few tours supporting Xavier solo and I could just jump in. And then that led to, you know, lots of different artists that um, were in my circle. They just kind of were just like, oh, you're around, you could do this. And, you know, the word got out. And I think in the space of two years, like I was just doing supports and I was going everywhere, you know, just luck of the draw, right place, right time. You know, I think it's, you know, when people are looking support, they're looking for easy. And so, you know, I just tried to make it as easy as possible. I've got like two lines and um, that's obviously changed now because we're humans are weird. But, um, you know, I was just ukulele and voice and I just kind of hang out. So, yeah, I, I had like, yeah, John Butler, Trevor Hall and Narco and... Mike Love mm, yeah. and, um, you know, they just kind of popped up. I didn't even ask for those. They just kind of happened and, and they were all there. So everyone just thinks I'm the busiest, craziest guy and I'm touring around the world and they're all asking, like, how did you get the support? And I'm just like, I've got no idea, you know. <laughs> just It just happened. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. Again, well, a long answer for yeah. your question. Apologies. No, oh, please. <laughs> we love Great it. Great answer. I'm just picturing you. Driving down the highway with the uke on your back. Oh, so scooter. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> is that the uke you just played? Uh, no, no, that's a different yeah. one. No, no, the one um, that one I've still got. Um, it's a mele ukulele, but this one actually, um, you know, this one was made by a company called Tide Music, and I actually just met them on Instagram, and they make ukes for a lot of artists that I like, and they're cool. They're a bunch of cool little frothers, and um, yeah, they, they basically said, oh, we could make you a uke if you want. And so they did and they fully custom built it with like, oh. the, they put like Donna G's artwork, who, who does all my artwork, they put her art um, on on like this, this, the, um, yeah, just on the ukulele. It's amazing. So cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's a vibe. It's cool. So yeah, that was, you know, I like seeing, mm. I like meeting random people, you know, and I like kind of, having these weird experiences, you know, I'd pick them over, over like, you know, massive shows and fame or whatever any day, just kind of having like this weird experience where you feel like mm. this might never happen again. Like what is even going on right now? You know, totally. it's just it's such so a, unique to your experience as a human. Yeah. It's, it's great. They're, they're awesome. That, you know, it gives you the mivers. It's all, it's good vibe. So what about... Talking about memorable, you did manage to start the tour, the the flow, the flow album tour. Yeah. Do you have any memorable moments from what you've what you managed to to get done? Yeah, well, I, I feel pretty lucky, you know, because um, you know I think 
when did this tour start? I don't even remember. Oh, it was this year, but I only had to cancel a couple of shows, you know, and um, and the Whalers support. But, um, you know, this was a really, really great tour. Um, it was... It was like we had um, these goals, me and my little team. We were like really wanted to do – like we've always wanted to do something different, you know, and um, and our different was we didn't want to play like late night servicing, you know. We didn't want to start at like 11 p.m. and everyone smashed and, you know, like we play afternoon music. So literally I just wanted to play in the afternoon and I wanted all the shows to be all ages, you know, because there's lots of kids that like the music and – so we kind of set out on this mission to make that happen. That was our goal. We're like, all right, let's do this. It's possible. And yeah, you know, like we had to hustle a bit, but I'm so glad we did because the shows just had this wholesome feeling, this awesome kind of mm. vibe about it. And it was pretty chill. And like literally by most nights, by about 8.30, I was like drinking wine, eating sushi, you know, just like done, mm. you know. And it was like a, it just kind of made me excited and... Yeah, it was just a really beautiful thing to do. Um, the last one we got to play was um, the week before everything changed. Um, we went to Cairns and we played the Tanks um, Art Centre, which is, you know, such a great venue. And, yeah, um, yeah like it's, it's scary, that one, because it's a big tank. There's lots of people that you need to put in there. And, you know, everyone came and, and there was such a great vibe in the room. And, and there was also – I met these Samoan – um, dancers, like, well, they were just these cool chicks in a cafe, you know, and they were just like, yeah. oh, hey, Bobby. They're like, yeah, we do some dancing. And I was like, oh, well, maybe you should come and dance. And they got all dressed up and they did this choreographed dance and it was it was like a really cool moment. And, um, you know, I just got lots of great memories from this tour. So I feel really lucky that I got to do it because I've got plenty of friends that, you know, had to cancel lots and it's pretty harsh. It's a, it's a, that's a, it's a harsh way. You know, for the year to go. It's a lot for of them. time, yeah. A lot of time and effort that goes into planning. Oh man, it's full on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I did manage to see that video of the ladies. It's a beautiful dance, the Samoan dance. It's very it resembles the music. It's very chilled and the beautiful movements in the hands. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty nostalgic for me. It's like I yeah, pretty much watched my mum do that my whole life. So mm. it's good to you know, it's good for it to be sticking around. Yep. So, did you do any parlor gigs this time around? Any uh, house we concerts? We did. We did actually. Yeah, I always try and slip them in. So you know, like I, again, like you know, I think it's good to sort of diversify and to like for me, one thing that keeps me engaged is like doing random stuff, you know, or what seemingly random things. And that was like starting this parlor thing and to try and house concerts. Yeah. And that was a couple of years ago that. Um, that we first tried that and then now we kind of if there's a few spare dates we just see who's around and we we check it out and we do it and so yeah this this trip we did one in um yelling which is um western australia down south and um past margaret river and it was such a cool house really beautiful people and you know it's really refreshing and i get super honored to to kind of go to, into these people's homes and then Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of daunting at the start. You're at the driveway. You're like, oh, my gosh, who is this going to be a bunch of weirdos? And, you know, they're, they're, it's just, like, amazing when they're just so friendly and awesome and such a cool little vibe. So, yeah, I, I like to um, I like to keep doing them just to sort of, like, you know, keep in touch with that whole vibe. Yeah. A good note for our listeners as well, if you have when we're all able to go back to a normal kind of flow of things and your favourite artist comes into town, definitely invite them to come along and play at your house. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing. And, you know, I, I, for artists too, I think, like, when you choose music, it's just like you can't just, like, choose a little bit of it. You choose everything, you know. Like, if you want to do live shows, you're going to choose playing to two people versus 200,000, you know. It's like, yeah, you got to get it all and you got to, if you can, just you can love it all. It's awesome. Some of the parlors we've done are so fun. Like me and Paulie did one in San Francisco in this lady's unit to like twelve people, and it was it was actually awesome. <laughs> it was really fun, and um, and yeah, there's all these like little situations that we sort of end up in where we're just like, wow, this is so bizarre, but um, but it kind of you know keeps you on your toes. 
Well, your floor, your flow t- tour is cancelled now. So, well, but you've you've pretty much finished the tour. Uh, were you going to reschedule those last shows or? Yeah, we might. Um, I'm just kind of sitting tight now. You know, we'll always go back and. Yep. It's yeah. I think, you know, it's amazing. Like I feel like this isolation time has has really made it pretty clear how in control everyone wants to be you know it's like yeah it's so we're yeah. based on like knowing this and knowing that and and so yeah there's absolutely no control really what's going on now um with when shows will start again and it's, yeah. i just think it's so bizarre that every, everyone's booking in september in october there's all these shows coming up <laughs> we've changed to september and i'm just like wow how did it, who mm. picked that date who picked that month yes. you know it's it's really <laughs> interesting so yeah look i'm just really just trying to be um, here and, and do, you know, it's a good time for reflection and recording and, yeah, just kind of yeah, do this kind of stuff. and recharging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I think we, might, we might wrap up soon. Yeah, nice. Well, good Did luck you to you. Did you want to play another song for us? If you want, I'm easy. Shall we, uh, shall we play one off the album? Yeah, seems, play one so you can see, hear the difference. As you as <laughs> you've worked so hard on it. <laughs> exactly, dude. We Man, that thing well took a it. long time. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, you know, most songs start as you hear them, you know, just with you can vocal and then, yeah, and then the layers come up. So, yeah, that's me and Paulie B's. Um, yeah, man, we were in a bubble for a long time there. <laughs> it's good fun. What, what, uh, what song would you like to play? Uh, okay. I reckon if you're down with it, play. There's a, the last song is called Tomorrow. And it's, you know, the last song, I like last songs on albums because most people don't really get to them. And, um, and yeah, this one's about like, uh, it's funny, I reckon, you know, I've got this thing that I always think about. It's called like, careful what you wish for because, you know, stuff, I swear that so many times I've said, I wish everything could just stop for a moment so I could catch up, you know, and it's fully happened, you know, and then so often you, like, ask for this thing in life and then it comes and you're like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean that, but it's just like, well, you asked for it, you bloody idiot. But, um, yeah, tomorrow's kind of like about, um, you know, the, the seed of the song is, like, needing to rest and just being, like, so exhausted and so, you know, telling the people around you that you're like, hey, I need a minute, you know, like, I'm not doing well right now and... Um, you know, I'll be here tomorrow. I'm not here today. So, yeah, that'd be a cool one. Yep. We appreciate that. Thanks so much. Awesome. No workers. Thanks, Legends. Good luck with it. Love you guys. Thanks, Bobby. Bobby. See you soon. You! Tomorrow, there's no one here today It's not that I don't care The truth is I'm away Passing by tomorrow Tap, tap on the door I just need this time So I can give you more Is that okay for you? Is that okay for you? Is that okay for you? I'll be here tomorrow, I promise you'll see Today I'm someplace else, calling back my cheek Excited for tomorrow, but now it's not the time My tank is close to empty and my river runs dry is that okay for you? Is that okay for you? Is that okay for you? Is that okay for you?
something works against us And in my heart I truly know You will see tomorrow The dots they realign Vibrations move together And we should see the signs Is that okay for you? Is that okay for you? Thanks for joining us and Bobby in our second episode. Stay tuned for episode three featuring Carl S. Williams. From Little Things is brought to you by Love Street Studios and has been supported by Gold Coast's Home of the Arts through Hodder's Artist Fund, Rage Against the Virus.